It's a delight to welcome you here. Welcome you to preach this morning. You're regularly with us, aren't you? Let's pray for you. Father, thank you for Rose. I ask that you'd speak clearly through her. And for us, we ask that you'd help us to be people who hear and respond rightly to your word this day. Amen. Amen. Hopefully, that's, yes. Have we got... That's good. Fine. He drew large crowds, such a large crowd on this occasion, that by the lake where he was, the easiest way for them all to see and hear him was for him to climb in a boat with them all standing on the shore. His reputation had spread far and wide. They loved to hear him. The audience is quite a mixture. He longs to reveal his father to them. Yet God and everything to do with him is so immense, so beyond human understanding, beyond their limited finite minds. So as he often does, he starts by telling parables, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, a picture of God in human language. They're not the whole story, but they're meaningful glimpses. A bit more revealed each time. It's a bit like putting together a jigsaw puzzle, telling them the secrets of the kingdom, things hidden since the creation of the world. Jesus is a popular and thought-provoking teacher. He's just told them another story about a sower who sows the message about the kingdom in which some people don't grow because they don't understand and the enemy comes and snatches the seed away. Some don't let it grow deep enough inside them and so when times of trouble and persecution come, they fall away. And others let the worries of this life, riches and money, too little, too much, come and choke their faith. But in some, the seed produces much fruit, 30, 60, 100 times what was sown. Now for the next piece of the jigsaw puzzle. He wants to reveal a bit more about the kingdom of heaven, of God, of his father. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sows seed in his field. And the seed he sows is good. And all seems to be going well. The crop's growing. But then, after a period of time, the servants go and check the crop. And they find weeds have appeared among the wheat. How can that be? Where did they come from when he sowed good seed? In Israel, there's a very common type of weed called darnel, which looks very like wheat until the ears start forming. And only then can you spot the difference. I wonder if I've got a volunteer. I wonder if you can tell the difference between these. Does anyone want to have a go? (laughs) Anyone brave enough to come and taste them and tell me the difference? Oh, yes, there's always a mug. (laughs) That's nice, isn't it? Which one? Right, one of them is sugar and one of them is salt. (laughs) Don't take too much of the salt. Oh, that's the salt. I thought that was the sugar. That one's sweet. Oh, there you go. Yes, good on you. So you can't tell which is which until you taste them. And you couldn't tell with these which was which until they grew. And so when the 
the servants realise there's weeds among the wheat, they want to know where did they come from. The field owner says they must have been sown by an enemy. Have we got any keen gardeners here? Anyone like their garden? Well, if you find weeds in your garden, what do you do? If you find bindweed wrapping it sort of all around some plants or dandelions and moss and clover in the middle of your supposed to be beautiful lawn, do you leave them all sitting there and let them keep growing? I don't think so. You want to get rid of them as soon as you can, don't you? So the servants naturally want to get rid of these weeds. But the farmer says no. He doesn't want to risk that you pull up the weeds and you pull up the wheat at the same time. He says they can grow together until the harvest. I think that's meant to be shocking, actually. Only at harvest time do the harvesters come and gather and burn the weeds and bring the wheat into the barn. Jesus goes on to tell the crowd another story where a tiny mustard seed And even though I knew mustard seeds were tiny, I was actually quite surprised at how tiny. These are minute. (laughs) I don't know whether you want to have a look. You put one in your hand. They are really, really tiny. They are just so tiny. (laughs) Want a mustard seed? You can put one in your hand if you like. Anyone else want to see the size of a mustard seed? (laughs) They are just minute. Oh, there you go. I've thrown them everywhere now. Help yourselves afterwards if you want to grow some mustard. (laughs) They are really tiny. And yet that tiny seed grows into a huge plant. Jesus says the kingdom of God is like that. It's beyond my brain how that little tiny thing could actually hold all it needs to grow into a big tree. It's quite a miracle, isn't it? And Jesus exaggerates it a bit more to make his point. And he says it grows into a large tree and all the birds come and sit in the branches. It might be that those birds are meant to represent the nations of the world, which is like an Old Testament story where a person has a vision of a tree. Or it might be they're meant to represent the non-Jews because the Jews were a bit hoity-toity and they thought only Jews should be in the kingdom of God. But actually, God was going to open up the kingdom to the Gentiles as well. Jesus goes on. A little bit of yeast can work its way through a lot of flour. Actually, it's a whole lot of flour in Jesus' story. He talks about 60 pounds of flour. That's 30 bags of flour. So again, he's kind of exaggerating a bit. It's a mountain of flour. And that yeast can work its way through that whole batch of flour and make the dough rise. Small beginnings and great ends. So Jesus is building up a picture of the kingdom. But what does it all mean? Some people won't get it. Their ears aren't really open. He leaves the crowd and he goes into a house and there he starts to explain things to his disciples who want to know what it all means. And they begin to hear and understand. The sower, says Jesus, is the son of man. 
That's Jesus' most common name for himself. There's a vision in the Old Testament where the Son of Man approaches the Ancient of Days and he's given authority and glory and sovereign power. He's given the worship of all nations and peoples of every language. He's given an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. He's given a kingdom that will never be destroyed. Clearly that Son of Man is a human being that isn't like any other. Jesus is God himself become a human being. And God incarnate sows the seed in his field. And he says his field is not just the church gathered in the church building, it's the world. God made the whole world. He created it, he sustains it, he goes on caring for it, and he sows in that whole world his good seed. And what does he say that good seed is? Actually, it's not what, it's who. He says that seed is the children, the sons and daughters, the people of the kingdom, his disciples. And today, all of us here who believe in Jesus are that seed. We are that good seed. I am that good seed. You are that good seed. The kingdom of heaven isn't a place. It's a realm. It's a community of people over which God the king rules. And that king plants us his good seed in the world and watches over that good seed as it grows and develops. And the sort of fruit that we develop is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's the sort of fruit that can witness, that can make other people grow, that can make other people come to God. And so the children of the king are the seed and the seed bears fruit that draw people into the kingdom. But Jesus says in the world there is also an enemy and that enemy, the evil one, also sows seeds, his children, the weeds that don't do good things. How often have you asked people, ask, why is there evil in the world when we have a good God? And this is one part of God's answer. It comes from the enemy. But if God is in control, all the same, why can't it all be removed now? Why do we have to suffer the wrong things people do to us and watch other people suffer? If we can tell who God's children are by the fruit they show, the way they behave and who the weeds are, why can't we just remove all the evil from the world? Jesus' reply on this occasion is... We are fallible humanity. We're still open to making mistakes. If we try and remove all the evil, we could quite well harm some good seed as well, and even ourselves in the process, because we're not fully grown yet. We're not fully mature. So we remain mingled during growth, and we get separated when we're fully mature. At the end of time, the angels who are the ones that are appointed and equipped for the task, will gather up and burn all the weeds. They'll remove all that do evil and all that causes evil. I don't think Jesus is saying that in the meantime, though, you can do what on earth you like if you're in the church and that we just leave sin in our own lives. 
obviously we work with him. We work to remove all that blocks our good seed from growing. We fight to prevent the weeds taking our soil or our sunlight. We stand against immorality, uncontrolled anger, greed, hypocrisy, gossip. Whatever weed it might be that's assailing you, you fight against it. In Jesus' day, some thought that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders were good seed because they seemed really holy and they stood up the front and they led the worship. And Were they the good seed? Actually, it turned out that the tax collectors and the prostitutes and the people people despised were the good seed because they were the ones who turned to Christ and realised that only in Christ could we be good seed. Only in his light and his warmth could we grow holy lives. Things that look like wheat can turn out to be weeds, and things that look like weeds can turn out to be wheat. In other pieces of the jigsaw puzzle, Jesus tells us that God says... Everyone who looks to Jesus and believes in him will have eternal life and Jesus will raise them up at the last day. Today, Lara's family are declaring on Lara's behalf that she is turning to God, to Jesus. Baptism involves a change of life, of direction. It involves us changing from seeking our own ways and the ways of the evil one and coming to live in God's ways as his precious and beloved children. It's a public declaration of the beginning of a lifelong journey, not just a celebration today, but a celebration for, for life that Lara can become more and more fruitful and closer and closer to God and know he's with her always at all times, caring for her until he brings her into that final home with him of eternal joy and peace. So Jesus is saying the kingdom of God of heaven has already begun. Christians talk of the already and the not yet. The son of man has sown the seed and it's growing. The mustard seed is in the ground and it's growing. The yeast is hidden, mixed in the flour and silently and surely it's working its way through the whole batch of dough so the dough will rise. The kingdom of God has begun but it's not complete yet because for now there is still evil in the world that we exist alongside. But this is a story of reassurance for all who are concerned about evil. It's a story of encouragement for all the children of the kingdom because the evil will get dealt with by God at the right time because the children of the kingdom will go on being God's good seeds and reach maturity. And it's a warning to those who do the works of the evil one that the time will come when not only are they clearly recognised, but they will be removed by the angels, removed from the kingdom, so that the kingdom can be a kingdom free of evil, a kingdom of joy and peace. So I wonder if you're a good seed or an evil seed and what fruit you are developing today. What are you contributing to the growth of the kingdom of God? We can sow seeds and we can know that if we are seeds, God calls us to sow seeds that bear fruit. Oh, what's happened to my... 
Oh, that's your picture for baptism. Sorry, missed that one. <laughs> this man, who, I, who you have seen come up once already today, <laughs> I'm going to embarrass now, has been a seed and has sown many seeds in our parish and in the last 30 years of his ministry among children. Day by day, year by year, event by event. We reckoned in the week that thousands of children, when we totted it up, will have heard of God's love through the projects and things that Richard has helped to initiate, with a great team behind him, I hasten to add. He doesn't do it on his own. Maybe each of those occasions or conversations or things that he did seemed small, but we can do small things, and like the yeast and the mustard seed, they grow into very big things. So have faith, folk, that as you do each thing that God calls you to do, it will be significant in his kingdom. And then finally, you might be pleased to hear me say the word finally, I do mean finally, finally, the righteous, freed from all traces of evil, will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. The sun gives our whole world life, and we, God's seeds, can also give our whole world light and life as we fully reflect the God who so loves us and has given us life in his son. Jesus concluded his conversation by the lake and with the disciples with the words, those who have ears, let them hear.